Dave, I expect you to know all the songs to this. I remember none of them. There was some Jewish accent in the middle of this that was that's pretty the one I remember. That's, that's, that's the, part. The other that's the good one. I don't remember <laughs> the names, so we'll see how it goes. I'll just no, be like the one no. where they're sad, the one where they're happy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm an expert on musicals. Kentucky, the hotbed of musical theater. You don't Who know. Knew? Kentucky gets a <laughs> shout don't. out in the uh, last five years, yeah. sir. How dare you? Right. Yeah. Oh, shout out. No one heard. That's good. <laughs> shut up. I'm going to put it at the top of the show. <laughs> <laughs> that right. might be as many as many people who hear it as when they release the movie. So we're going to bring you know, it back. This podcast—it's on us to bring it back. Yeah, <laughs> the renaissance of the last five years. So joining us for this episode, we had to get an actual musician because, as far as I know, my co-host Dave, the coastal elite here, has no musical ability. I can speak for myself; I have none. So, Jacob, thank you for uh, bringing some measure of expertise to this episode on the last five years. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, yeah, no, there, I'll definitely have absolutely nothing useful to say about the music in this <laughs> in this movie. That's uh, what we love to hear from our guests. I have absolutely nothing of value. Up. I like it. <laughs> you host a podcast called Tell Me About Your Songs, so which is I'm a big fan of. So tell our listeners uh, a little bit about that and uh, your other uh, various projects. Sure. Uh, tell Me About Your Songs is a podcast where in each episode I uh, – bring on a songwriter and we talk about one of their songs they pick the song and then i edit it down and put it up uh yeah and there's your podcast um i've been taking a little break recently because i've been busy with other things but there's plenty of back episodes and hopefully i'll get it started again pretty soon and then i have like a million other projects uh maybe not quite as many podcasts as, as you do uh mike but uh, i like to hear that i'm trying to compete with the entire internet so yeah stay behind me please. mike wins again <laughs> <laughs> but um you can find out about all of them including like my music uh, as as was said i write and record songs uh you can find all of that stuff at jacobhaller.com j-a-c-o-b-h-a-l-l-e-r.com enjoy <laughs> There you go. I like that. I don't yeah. think I ever say that when I'm promoting my stuff. Enjoy. I say, thank you. I'm well, sorry. It's, it's, it's a certain expectation. It's true. Maybe that's a mistake. Um, look out. That's what I should there say. There you go. Uh, okay. I want to I get into uh, some other expectations here because this is something that uh, I think Dave expressed a little bit of surprise that I selected this movie for the podcast. It was not the Coastal Elite. It was the, the country bumpkin here that wanted to cover this musical. Uh, it's a film I had uh -huh. seen before, uh, but you just alluded to the fact that you would uh, you'd have no expertise on these particular style of songs. 
So are you saying you're not necessarily a fan of musicals and film or Broadway plays or? Well, I mean, technically that was what I would call a joke, but. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you just got to laugh on the second go around with it. <laughs> the putback from Dave. <laughs> what I would call a joke. All right, good. Uh, no, I mean, I have a podcast that's all about music and it's all other people talking like it. it's a little hard to, I mean, there's some, I feel like that there are some songs here that I could say were my favorites. And then there were others that didn't do as much for me, but, uh, I don't know if that's exactly what this podcast is about, but, um, I did enjoy the, uh, uh, the Schmuel song that you referred to earlier. You're going to like it. I promise. It's a Christmas story, like Christmas. I call it the story of Shmuel, the tailor of Klimovich. Shmuel would work till half past ten at his tailor's shop in Klimovich. Get up at dawn and start again with the hems and pins and twists. Are you going to touch my dress right now? Forty-one years had come and gone at his tailor's shop in Klimovich. Watching the winter soldier on, there was one thing Shmuel missed. You ready for this? If I only had time, old Shmuel said, I would build a dress that's in my head. A dress to fire the mad desire of girls from here to Minsk. But I have no more hours left to sew. Then the clock upon the wall began to glow. And the clock said, na, 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 oh, Shmuel, you get to be happy. Uh, that, that was pretty crazy. And, oh, I actually took, took some notes about this. What did I say? Oh, and A Summer in Ohio, which is like the Skype, the song where they're Skyping each other. I like that one a lot. Uh, the, the Shmuel one I like partly because there's kind of an interesting rhythmic thing goes on. The lines kind of start earlier than you expect and. Uh, which kind of speaks to the character's kind of manic sensibility at that time. But I feel like we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, how do you normally that's, start this thing? Well, that's that's the this movie in particular, because I thought coming into this, you know, normally we start with the meet cute. Uh, but the opening scene here, which would be my favorite song, which is the soul crushing. This marriage is over. <laughs> it's dissolved. It's a, it's I'm a, still hurting. Yeah, it's a it's a great yeah, it, it's a, a punch to the gut, which is weird for uh, a romance film, especially one that's going to chart uh, the entire arc of a relationship for us to kick off with that. This isn't about another relationship. This is announcing we're going to spend 90 minutes with this couple and it ends in failure. So it's a, it's a weird thing to set up the audience saying, like, there's no hope here. So any joy you're going to experience, know that it's limited. And I guess that's what I like about the story so much about this film is that it really does put that clock on on love here between these two. So, yeah, this is not how we would start the podcast, but we can't start with the meet cute because the film doesn't. It starts with not not only the breakup, but just the the final say that this is over. So, Dave, you're more a fan of musicals. Please, something, right? <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Uh, I was, as you mentioned, I was very shocked. Uh, not that you chose this movie because I didn't even know it was a musical before I, I put the movie on. And then as the movie starts, I'm like, am I watching the right thing? Is this what Mike really <laughs> wants us to watch for this It's a show? trailer for another yes. movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so it is a really 
it is a really interesting way to start a a film about romance uh is to start with the breakup and and as you kind of mentioned not just a breakup where you think oh they'll get back together like oh no it is over like (laughs) we are done here and i think it for me i think it probably sets up uh, a hill too high for it to climb i think i think it's when you have you have to believe in these characters you have to root for them and when you're starting with the end that i don't have a connection to them yet so it has a lot of work to do to build that connection throughout the the other like 89 minutes of the film see i had the opposite reaction i was like fuck yeah I, I know I don't have to commit to these people forever. There's not, there's not, <laughs> <laughs> there's not that, you know, I, I don't feel like this film is going to be fake in any way. You know, it's not going to build them up in that sort of capacity. So yeah, let's just enjoy the ride here. I was, I was more intrigued at clearly this meant something to her. And so mm-hmm. I want to see the highs knowing that there were, I've already seen the lowest of the low here. And so it, it was a little bit like a, um, you know, a, a mystery film in that regard. I just wanted to see to put together the case after after we've had this this sure. murder of love that poor Anna Kendrick <laughs> displays for us. So see, I think I think that's another problem I have. I just don't think this nobody measures up to Anna Kendrick. Like Anna Kendrick and geez. granted this may be this may be revisionist history, but now she's like pretty close to a movie star. And who is who is this other guy? Like no, not interested. Way more interested in Anna Kendrick than this other guy. I kind of looked that up. I think uh, that this is actually later in her career than I thought. This is like oh, 2014 see? or Even something, more. I think. <laughs> um, so it's like after all her big movies, none of which I'll be able to remember the names of right now. Pitch Perfect and whatnot. Pitch Perfect. Um, and then the guy, I guess, is kind of a he hasn't done a lot of films, but has been like a, a Broadway guy. Cool, good Lord, Dave. This guy, you know, can sing, uh, can act. He's he's apparently on Supergirl. You know, he's on TV. I mean, he's doing okay for himself. Jeez, he's on TV. This yeah, this complete uh, this complete uggo you're picking on here. I'm sure this guy's fine. I'm sure he feels pretty confident himself. I thought he like did a good job, like. Um, you know, again, I'm kind of returning to that the the Yiddish esque song shmuel uh where i feel like he really kind of captures you know like you watch that and you're like like i understand how she could like this guy but also you can kind of see that it's just so close to going off the rails um and i thought that i thought he did a good job portraying that so i didn't i mean i don't know a ton about anna i don't watch a ton of movies generally so i don't have a big, strong association with Anna Kendrick, unlike, uh, perhaps, <laughs> you One do, of Dave. Like <laughs> Dave, is, Dave is saying that this film is not worth her time if they can't put her equal on film opposite her. That's right. Um, Absolutely. Okay, there, that's a fair point to a certain degree, Dave, in that it does, I think, probably guide the audience to feel more for her. But on the other hand, you know, he is portrayed pretty much as a jackass for most of the film. And I was going to say, don't you think the movie does that with the way it begins with having us kind of on her side as she is mourning the loss of this relationship and we don't see him at all. Sure. Um, And I know the musical um, it's, this film was based on the musical by Jason Robert Brown. And apparently this was, I think he got sued or he had to change one of the songs. So the Yiddish song is actually, I think a replacement because oh, it, was, really? it was based on. He's uh, lucky he got sued. 
Well, it was, it was his <laughs> ex-wife. It was it was based on his Ooh. marriage, and so there were he changed a lot of details, I guess, about uh, Kathy here to uh, you know smooth things over a little bit. Of course, this would then be made to a film and a podcast. Where we're talking about this relationship of these two strangers who don't know. Yikes! But I think I do think it's important because I can now get us to the meet cute. Which if there is a meet cute with the couple together. Um, and I've, I've read that on stage that the two were never actually together. Like when this is actually performed they're they sing their mm-hmm. song solo. Um, right. But in the film, we go from the, the end of this marriage song that I'm still hurting to basically just sex. Like you don't, you don't, yeah. you, you don't actually see them meet. So from his point of view, it starts with the first time I got laid with this chick. And so I, I don't think the film is really putting him up as this like great catch no. of a guy. But I think it's also probably fairly honest because uh, as it goes on, he doesn't become, he doesn't become more genuinely caring about her, but he does sort of question his own dickish ways a lot. Like he has an entire song basically calling himself out being like, I know what I'm, I'm doing is wrong, but I'm still going to do mm-hmm. it. And I kind of admire the honesty, at least from the film and, and that character of saying, yeah, this is this is who I am. And why can't I just be happy? Why can't I just be satisfied with this great woman, this person that I, I did feel something for at one point? I don't know if I'm really selling this as a uh, a great rom-com. And I don't think the film is either. <laughs> well, I, think the, I think the film is setting itself up as an anti-rom-com that way. The anti-musical mm-hmm. to love. Like sort of how I made sense of it from the romantic comedy angle, which is, you know not explicitly how you pitched it to me, but just from my understanding of what this podcast is, is, uh, you know, there's, I guess there's sort of two halves to it. There's his narrative, which goes, um, forward in time and her narrative, which goes backwards in time. Mm -hmm. So her side is kind of the memento thing. And so, uh, you know, if you just had her half, it would end with like them being happy together and it would begin with them being separate. And so that would give more of a structure to that. Of course, then I have no idea where to go with that, but that was just a, something that I thought about in in wondering to myself why we were doing this movie for this podcast. Now you're questioning. Uh, Dave questions my judgment, saying, uh, just for Mike, why did you select a musical? No, no. I, I was like, there is a reason. I just have to figure it out. <laughs> Maybe if I watch Don't this try movie to get another into Mike's five mind. It's, Mike's brain is a scary place. Don't. Don't try to understand it. Let's let's go to the the middle of the film, which I guess would be, um, you know, the only time when they actually overlap the timelines, which is is the the, the marriage itself. Um, which mm-hmm. I believe the song is it is it for ten minutes or ten minutes more, something of that nature. Oh, um, I have this written down. Thank you, Jacob, for doing some research here. My co-host <laughs> is useless. He's shaking his head and just nodding Correct. his head. I... <laughs> this course, is your job. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Yeah. The next 10 minutes, um, which I think like, I don't know if this is, I don't know how intentional this is. I guess it's probably intentional, but like the fact that they have these two intersecting timelines and even in this one where they're singing together, the dialogue is kind of split in half. So first you hear his side of the conversation. And then a few minutes later you hear her side of the conversation. Like it just kind of, gets this feeling of how they're just talking past each other and they aren't necessarily in the same kind of reality. Do you feel like the, the film, because it's set up with, this is a relationship that doesn't last. Is it 
too afraid to show genuine love between the two. Because I, I like that what you just said as far as them never being on the same track or the same page. Hmm. Is that because uh, – are we reading into that because we already know it's over? Or is the film just sort of pointing out the flaws of these two and how it was something that probably should not last and probably should have ended sooner than it did? Because it's immediately followed by, I think, the thing where he's talking about how – Everything's fine, even though he wants to sleep with every other woman he sees. Great song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's something in this fine. movie for everyone. <laughs> That's like every every Rolling Stone song, right? I mean, it's just like, you know, uh, yeah. there's a tradition yeah. there. That's true. Yep. Uh, right. Typically, it's not in the middle of a movie about a, a marriage, but, you know. <laughs> No, but I, I definitely think that that's purposeful. I don't think I don't think you're reading too much into that at all. I think, you know, just you know, you mentioned in the in the original production of the musical how they're never together on stage at all, uh, and here they change that a little bit because I think you kind of have to in the film version. But I think there is a definite purpose for them never really meeting, and even when they're in scenes together, there is this weird disconnect. There's maybe one scene, and we keep bringing it up, but that kind of Yiddish-inspired song, that's the only scene where I think they're really interacting together on a real level. The rest of the time, they're always just missing one another, which is kind of a perfect metaphor for their entire relationship. Like all of a lot of the a lot of their problems are due to, you know, bad luck and bad timing, and then bad choices after that. And be happy. But Shmuel said, No, no, it's not my lot. I've got to make do with the time I've got. Oh, look at what time. It's time to go. Why don't all my things have to come into this? We keep coming back to that song, which is, I I did not think our whole podcast would revolve around it. It stands out. It's so weird. It's so. I think it's probably the. It's maybe the sweetest moment that Jamie has here with Kathy, but it goes, it fits with his skill set, which is right. myth making, you know, making stories. If that's what he wants to do, like, and, you know, there's, there's some genuinely, I think, sad moments. Uh, there's one song where she talks about uh, basically having to come to terms with being happy with just being beside him or being a part of his work yeah. and his life. Well. And, so yeah, the one moment where he's he's trying to comfort her um, and her her misgivings about where her career has not taken her yet, um, he concocts this little story in the song, like, and he's you know, he's putting on a production for her. But like when I watch it, I don't necessarily think it's that sweet because I'm just like, oh, this is just something he just do- like he does this for himself. Like it's not totally like right. he's using his whatever his X Men power is to do this weird song <laughs> to do that. His but power of quirk, yeah, <laughs> power of quirk. Well, I, <laughs> what I was kind of thinking of is uh, I listened to this other podcast. It's a movie podcast, which I hope you don't mind me plugging. I uh, just called Nine Minute. There, you perfect. listen to yeah, other you can just, movie podcasts? How dare you? <laughs> just bleep it. Just bleep it out. Uh, it's called My Minute with Andre, and it's like a one of those minute by minute podcasts like a Star Wars minute or whatever, but it's about my dinner with Andre, um, which means that he's got about 10 minutes in, you know, um, at this point. And so there's this thing early on where Wallace Shawn in that movie, uh, you know, like he's, I think that this is intended to be like a self parody of a bit where he complains about how it's hard to make a, make a living as a playwright. So he had to get a job as an actor. 
and now he's having trouble making a living as an actor. So his girlfriend had to get a job like as a waitress or something. And, and as a result, when he gets home, there's dinner isn't waiting for him. It's something like that. And I sort of thought of that in this scene because like she's been out working at a bar all day and she gets home and he's like been sitting around writing this, you know, <laughs> writing this song, a little story for her. And he's like, oh, isn't this great? (laughs) Creativity is the best. This is what you should do. What an asshole. I hate this guy now. (laughs) Thanks, Jacob. I think Jacob put it better than I did, but he he, he scored the point for me. (laughs) He did. Well done. (laughs) So, Dave, if you don't find Jamie likable at all, is there any enjoyment you can gain from oh, this this movie can i oh go ahead sorry can i i just want to say that one thing about that that i think sort of sells that song is the one point where um like he says it's a magic clock and she says i've never been more attracted to you and i think that that's just like a great moment in that song that makes you think okay i sort of understand this relationship a little better yeah. <laughs> sorry i do not <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, I'm sorry. I'll let you get back to the actual podcast part of this podcast. <laughs> well, so Dave, if you if you hate this guy and can't stand him, then is there any joy you can find? Like, are you are you wanting the film to prove what she saw in him to begin with, or are you just wanting this to to get done and get her <laughs> away from this guy? Well, I think that's what the movie's missing. I think what you just brought up is. You know, there's a couple moments, there's like maybe, you know, three minutes of this 90 minute movie where I, okay, I can, I can get why you like him. He's kind of charming. He's talented. You know, he's got something to say. Okay, sure. I can see it, but there's just not enough of that. And I think in a movie like this, you need that. Uh, because otherwise there's looking back on the movie, it's, it's hard to take that introductory scene seriously where she's so upset over this and in such pain Dude, because the rest of the movie, such an asshole, the rest of the movie <laughs> that is a crushing, movie, like, heartbreaking you scene. Were better off, you were better off, Anna Kendrick, just walk away and live your life. <laughs> okay. Well, Here's how I took that. Even if I, I'm not that hard on poor Jeremy Jordan here, and you're just totally dismissive of this guy. Or <laughs> whatever his name is, <laughs> Jamie Dude, <laughs> Jamie Dude number one. What I feel like she's grieving there, and I think that anyone could probably Was take her this waste away. Of time, waste exactly. Yeah, five the, years. the last five years. Yeah. yeah, like because she she has a song. I think it's when they're on the the road trip to, to like meet the family or whatever. Uh, I can't remember. I think. It's her parents, his parents. I don't know. It doesn't matter whose parents they're meeting, but there's, there's a step being taken. Uh, and she's singing and she talks about, um, just being sort of iffy on this guy, uh, that had tattoos and the, like the right places. And it's like the flashback there is like her sleeping with him, but you can tell she's not really, you know, that enthused or that enthralled about it. Something to do. But but she then sort of like, as she goes on, she's like, Hey, you know, when I finally came around to the idea, when I could start to envision what the years would be with him, when I could start to build that up in my mind and I then verbalized it, that's when he checked out. And so that's Mm -hmm. what, that's why I found that opening scene. I like sort of grieve with her is that, you know, she's basically having these little visions of like, I could make my life work with this partner, with this person. 
And yet, and then once again, that's been taken away from her. And I think what's worse about this particular guy being a novelist, being someone that's successful, who keeps saying he's inviting her into this life they could have together and sings that multiple times, is that she has, he has pulled the rug out from under her because we get to see his half of the story where he's constantly questioning, like, mm, I wish this would work, but I don't think it is. So we right. already see him with his you know, foot out the door. Mm-hmm. But you're an asshole. That's I mean that's what I'm saying. You're you're nodding your head and you still feel <laughs> you feel this is some sort of victory for poor. No, Anna no, Kinder. I think no, I no, I think that's actually a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. You win. I'm sad now. Uh, Podcast is over because <laughs> because she wasted five years of her life with this idiot uh, for you know ten minutes of happiness in five years. Like now I feel even worse about this movie. Good job, Mike. Well, okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a total win for me. That's like, <laughs> in D&D terms, that's like a total party kill for the Dungeon Master. <laughs> I feel like I've... When you edit this episode together, you should do it like the movie, where like one you're in opposite orders. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so... We'll do it. Oh, God. Uh, good thing Mike's in this episode. I'm yeah. I'm not qualified for that. This is this will be our uh, our New Year's episode. So I have uh, some time put together, but uh, I know future Mike is going to be like shit. Uh, it's New Year's <laughs> Eve. Time to throw this up. <laughs> <laughs> so probably won't have as much nuance or, or quirk to it. You know, uh, Jamie mm. Dude Number One would be very displeased with this. <laughs> I called Elise. To help me pack my bags I went downtown and closed the bank account It's not about another shrink It's not about another compromise I'm not the only one who's hurting you I don't know what the hell is left to do You never saw how far the crack had opened You never knew I had run out of rope And I could never rescue you All you ever wanted But I So uh, let, let's get to our, our grand gesture here, which to me there there really is not one other than how they handle the sort of final breakup. It is his attempt, I guess, to put into words to try to explain his side of it, how he sort of has drifted away or how what he's led her to believe uh, is at least you know, it's certainly false for him, and I guess should be for her too, because her partner does no, no longer believes in their marriage. And it, it's interesting because that's, like I said, you know, it's backwards here for the, our normal format. Like we not only see the breakup first, but we see that piece of paper where, and the the whole film is a build up on his side of it, uh, getting to that point on how to put into words the guy who that's that's his job, how to craft like the perfect thing to say when all you're gonna do is 
destroy someone's heart when you're going to just rip it out. Right. And it may be easy for someone like Dave, who you can find at PCK Study from <laughs> Pop Culture Case Study. Yeah. Come find me on Twitter. Yes, please. Attack me. <laughs> so I guess my, my question here is, uh, you know, it's the opposite. Not does the grand gesture, is it believable in obviously winning her heart, but is it believable that this is how the character would handle it? And is it effective given that it's just something that we, we only really see it through her reaction to it, just glancing at the page. And then at the end of the film with him trying to put it down. So I'll start with Dave. Cause we know he's going to be negative and I hope our guest Jacob can be a little more positive on it. No, I'm actually Uh-oh. not going to be negative. I think it's, I think it's effective. Uh, and, and I think it, it suits both of these characters. I think it really works. And I think it's a really interesting way to look at it with the, the kind of setup of our show is in a weird way. This is a grand gesture in the way that like, this is the gesture that in, in time will be the best for everyone involved. Like you mentioned earlier, the idea of this relationship being, you know, this is kind of unhealthy for everyone and probably should have ended a lot earlier. And sometimes for, for things to really end in a, in a way where people can recover, sometimes that, that heart-wrenching moment has to happen. And I think this, the way the movie does it is realistic in the way that that is going to have that effect. Okay. Pretty good. Jacob, you don't have to work so hard now. So if you hate it, feel free to speak your mind. All right. So the, you don't have to lie I, now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you don't have to fool Jamie on us here. You can speak the truth. <laughs> I paused the movie on the letter in the first scene and transcribed it. And it turns out that it's also the text of the last song. Uh, and the thing about it, is, he says, I'm not the only one hurting here. Like, what the hell is that? Uh, <laughs> you never knew that I had run out of rope and I could never rescue you. He could never rescue her from like what? His own bullshit. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too good, baby. Like, I'm too good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too much man. I'm too much of an author. I, I dedicate one book to you and it just goes straight to your damn head. I can't even. Uh, uh, no matter how hard I tried, no matter how I tried, all I could do was love you hard and let you go. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't know. It seems pretty gaslighting to me, frankly, like none of this really describes what we've seen happen in the movie. As far as I could tell, like it can't be, uh, uh i called alice to help me pack my bags and went down to town and closed the bank account uh it's not about another trinket that i can't stop sleeping with other women and i find it impossible to commit to you so i'm gonna take off before i do any more damage that would be a little more um on the nose it doesn't really flow (laughs) well okay i would work i would have to make it rhyme i would work on the rhythm I'm I, this, I'm still workshopping this song, okay? okay. The, um, uh, Jacob, you put asshole. a lot of pressure on me to uh, mess with the, the, the timeline of the editing of this episode as far as our conversation. We expect this song by yeah. <laughs> You have time to put together the more honest <laughs> version true. of the Grand Gesture song here. <laughs> okay, well, I'll have to look up the chords and everything. Okay. Jeez, I didn't realize this was going to come with but more homework. Mm-hmm. into, my goodness. <laughs> Um, I kind of thought the grand gesture well so I I have a question about this podcast in general 
Uh-oh. We're not prepared uh, we to answer. <laughs> so do we. <laughs> we'll have to give you our email address. We can't answer. We're not taking questions live. <laughs> okay. So, like, do grand gestures... I mean, so if in terms of, like, the relationship, you could argue that the, that the grand gesture was, like, him telling her to go off to Ohio and try to, like, make a go of it. Um, but there's no... Like, I feel like kind of what what most of these episodes tend to come to is like the idea that like the grand a grand gesture is great and all, but then if you don't follow up on it, then what are you doing? Is that well? It's more my like, own cynical view of the thing. No, or? I think I think certainly you know you look at our for our logo. Yeah, you know, I, I wanted to, yeah. to say anything moment because I you know when I was a teenager and I watched that, I remember my stepmom watching that movie. Uh, and that, that was like one of the greatest romantic moments in cinema history. It was iconic. And so, I mean, you know, that, that's why we ripped it off for our podcast logo. Um, but now I think that that moment in particular has come to symbolize um, what movies shove down our throats, in particular movies deal with romance, that you have to do this bold embarrassing thing of some sort or something uh you know it's a form of grandstanding and that proves your love um i like that you mentioned the you know the ohio thing because um i didn't even consider that a grand gesture i think in a m normal movie where we don't know so much about the nature of the relationship that it's a failure uh, before we even get to that that part that you could see that but yeah it to me, it operates more of like, go to Ohio so you can get out of my face <laughs> for a little bit. Like, yeah. That sort of thing. Uh, but, but I think, you know, you could argue that, you know, almost all grand gestures are selfish in that way, too. It's a way to mm -hmm. make the, the person performing the grand gesture feel better. Like, well, I laid it all out there on the on the court. You know, I did everything I could. And it's like, you, know, you did one kind of really bold, stupid looking thing that drew a lot of attention to yourself. <laughs> you probably didn't do everything. Right. You just did performance art. So, um, I don't know. This podcast rules. Uh, did I answer the question? Yeah. Everyone should subscribe. That's great. <laughs> I mean, Grand Chester's... Yeah, it's good. Everyone I sort of lost the thread now. there. We, we figured, we figured <laughs> it out. When I got to the end of that, I'm like, wait, this doesn't make this podcast sound appealing. Wait, <laughs> wait where did we start? <laughs> and Dave was no help. He was Because he, he gives me... As usual. <laughs> he's like the... Uh, I don't know. He's like the, the, the stage mom out in the audience and like nodding his head enthusiastically, but it's making me question like, wait, is this actually good or not? Because <laughs> I don't think he's paying attention. So, Dave, you got anything on that? No, nothing at all. I'm just the <laughs> stage mom in the corner. No, I, th I think I think you bring up a good point about the the movies that we cover on here, like the grand gesture can be pretty toxic. And if you go kind of back in time in movies, it seems like that was really kind of accepted and kind of like, Oh yeah, we can just make this grand gesture and everything's fine. But honestly, if you were a decent person in this relationship, you probably wouldn't have needed a grand gesture. Um, so it's kind of interesting to look at like whether those are realistic and whether they hit home for the viewers kind of watching, especially now in 2017. I think this one works in that regard. There's no, you, you don't want this yeah. grand gesture. You, you know, this is not one that you're going to romanticize. Oh, cool. 
breakup letter whereas Jacob said you don't really explain yourself you just kind of are giving yourself pats on the back for being like I'm too good for you like a, you know I'm a drug that you just have to you need to go into rehab for I'm my... removing myself from this equation for you not so I could bang other women at all just for you I did have one uh one last question. I do like taking questions, though. If Jacob's got more for... Yeah, I've never had that from a guest. Yeah. That's great. Um, <laughs> Makes our job easy. I have a feeling I know where you two are going to come down on this based on the, the Jamie Dude number one hate we've had on here. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the film does end um, with them talking, singing at different points in time, saying goodbye to each other. She's saying goodbye at the very beginning of the relationship at the end of the film because she finally goes back and catches up and he's at the end and so he's saying goodbye for good and she's saying goodbye with like this idea of a future they're going to have together with this this hope that this is going to lead to more and he knows that it's it's dead and gone do you believe him that moment the way the actor portrays it the way they've set up you know his song that he's feeling legitimate regret about what he's done or what's transpired that that didn't continue on that it is a failure for him uh just as much as it's certainly a failure for her as we've seen throughout the film and she's genuinely grieving for it although dave is not (laughs) yeah i think i'll surprise you here i think that moment does really work i think i do believe him in that moment because there is there's a difference between good being good or bad in a relationship and the regret that you feel when it's over. There are plenty of relationships where one person may be more at fault than the other, but they still regret the things that they've done and the person that they are and the way that the relationship went and actually really like the way that last scene is set up. I think it's it's one of the few times the kind of the the staggered kind of time time jumps really work here is the way it ends. It almost felt like they, they started writing the script with that scene and then just kind of work their way from that. Cause it is a really nice way to end this movie where you get like, it's interesting. You get both despair and hope in the same sequence, um, which I think kind of encapsulates their entire relationship. Like there was a lot of hope in that relationship and a lot of joy, but there was also a lot of pain and you get all that in that last song. All right, Jacob. Unless you've, <laughs> you've got thoughts on that or if you want to further, you know, interrogate this podcast for its very existence. <laughs> <laughs> I don't owe you anything, Jacob. <laughs> um, I've listened to all the episodes. It's a real good podcast, guys. <laughs> There's your top of the show bumper right there. There we go. Oh, that's gold. You guys are doing gold. a good job. I hope you keep going. <laughs> so is that final moment uh, work for you? Uh, do you feel anything for... For Jamie and that that final shot there. Well, okay. So it's interesting. I didn't actually, even though I read the Wikipedia page and stuff, I didn't realize that this is based on the author's own relationship. So this is, I guess, I mean, he's kind of self, you know, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't feel like he makes himself look good or his ex look bad in, in any way and except if, if possibly in that deleted song. Um, so I mean, okay, so I'll try not to be a hundred percent negative, which whenever I say that <laughs> I'm going to say something a hundred times worse than what I had originally planned to say. <laughs> That's just something I've noticed about myself. Um, so like, I feel like it's kind of, he, I think it's true. He feels a lot. he, he would like it not to be his fault, but, and, but 
he knows that he hasn't acted well. He's feeling a lot of self-loathing. He's sorry that he's ending this relationship with this Kathy. And I think it does kind of work on this level of like, you know, when we first see him, it's in the, uh, the Shiksa goddess song. And he's like, just so happy. And, uh, you know, in bed with Anna Kendrick and it seems pretty great. Right. And then at the end he is, he's just so miserable and, you know, I like still, I feel like kind of up his own butt in a lot of ways, but, uh, but I think he is feeling genuine pain. So I think that does work. And, and then to see her like kind of happily, you know, her of the past kind of happily waving goodbye to him is a little heartbreaking. I, I'm kind of conflicted on. I have more faith than Jamie. I'm conflicted on the, the the author of the the musical here because, yeah, he certainly if he's the stand-in for, for Jamie, um, I don't think he's making himself look good. <clears throat> but I think I would certainly have an issue with it. I've I was his former partner, well, sure. and that you know the male character here is like. She just couldn't deal with all my success, just all my awesomeness. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> look at look at me go, and she's just Man. failing at theater. Yeah, <laughs> too bad. Um, Man, I'm the next Jonathan Franzen. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that's one one issue I have with the film is that it's it's probably unfair to the Kathy character in that you know everything that's like there isn't like a turn for her where things start to get better. Like she's either happy in the relationship, but it's like, as far as her career and it, I guess it, it could just be, you know, coldly realistic that way, but it certainly doesn't work to make you like Jamie anymore for just like everything he falls into. Just like, yes, I'm 23. You're ready to publish my novel. Sweet. <laughs> just like, I don't know. I, there's not uh you know, yeah. there's no wins here for, for Anna Kendrick. And I think that would be my, maybe ultimate uh, counter to Dave's request for this to be like a bigger movie star in this role is talk about, you know, Ryan Gosling was in that part. How hateable Ooh. would he be if he was playing the guy it's where it's true. like everything worked out and Anna Kendrick, eh, not so much. Best thing that happened to her is Sorry. I dumped her ass. That's the best thing I could do for her. <laughs> you are welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of confused about the chronology at one point. Like, so let me ask you guys this. Um, like, I watched the movie once and then I read up on it and then I watched it again. And after the first time I understood that it was out of sequence, but I didn't realize that it was like, I didn't realize that Kathy's story was going backwards in time because there's like this whole section where her career is just kind of stagnant. And I didn't understand. It wasn't clear to me that that was supposed to be going backwards in time. And I'm still not a hundred percent sure that all of it was, I don't know. Did you kind of have that experience of it? I mean, having seen it before, I was still, I felt like I needed to go to Wikipedia or someplace and be like, okay, where are we exactly? Again, which, you know, which year is this, uh, which thankfully uh, they do provide. <laughs> so I just 2010. Didn't... Yeah. So. Glad uh... I'm not the only person who did that after this movie. <laughs> like, is well, there a cut one... where I could watch this in order like Memento was? Can I? <laughs> the fuck is going I, I did... on? I, I after I wrote down all the songs, I then went through and like numbered them and what I thought chronological order was because that's Jesus. the kind of work I do when I go on a podcast. Damn Jacob it. does work. My God. Well, he'll, he'll learn for his his second appearance on the Grand Gesture if he agrees such thing, which he probably will not. Um, that that's not going to happen. 
<laughs> it's oh, like, there's his <laughs> I would I would uh, show you my my notes. I can just send you a link to the IMDb page. That <laughs> 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 and that's the um, extent of it. Yeah, so there is like one point where she has a good audition for an off-Broadway sh- show, but it's never really clear what came of that. She definitely is back in Ohio after that, so maybe Which is, is like hell on earth, apparently. It's some sort of like, <laughs> I'm really trying hard to live in Ohio right now. <laughs> well, they have pretty good streaming video, apparently. You can yeah. have uh, <laughs> Skype sex with your ex or with your uh, lover if you want. Pretty good. I could have a mansion on a hill. I could lease a villa in Seville, but it wouldn't be as nice as a summer in Ohio with a gay midget named Carl playing Tevya and Porgy. <laughs> wow. I could wander Paris after dark, take a carriage ride through Central Park, but it wouldn't be as nice as a summer in Ohio where I'm sharing a room with a former stripper and her snake, Wayne. Oh, my God. I think like, you know, you kind of brought up one of the major problems with the with the way this movie is set up is that nothing happens to her. Like she doesn't really like there's no big events other than what's happening to him. You know, she the best she has is a uh is a good audition. Like that's that's the closest she comes to like growth or movement or success and everything is dependent on him. So everything that she does is just kind of a reaction instead of being her own character and actually having an arc. Which is why it's got to get rid of her. She's boring. <laughs> She's not interesting. <laughs> She's a failure. She's back. Drop. Move on. Jesus. They're never going to be a power couple in the literary <laughs> world with their uh, failure. <laughs> doing sound of music. And, uh... Uh, yeah, Ohio stories don't play in those New York book parties. They're just... Oh, the coastal elites were not interested in Ohio stories. You were doing missionary work? What were you doing? What third world country were you in? Ohio? The Rust Belt? What? I feel like like you could kind of dine out on like the whole sharing a a dressing room with a snake situation. She did have some interesting little sides in there where I wanted to go back and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like let's let's look at your. Can we explain this. Yeah, you got you got some material. Let's watch a movie about that. That sounds pretty interesting. <laughs> Anna Kendrick at the snake. That's all right. <laughs> all right, I think I'm going to get to our, our final question. Unless Jacob, you have more. Like if you have a list <laughs> for this podcast. No, no, I, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> you have any more to grill us with? <laughs> I say that in jest, but really, I just enjoyed answering and talking about myself and my, my ambition. Yeah. I was just like, oh, yes, this is ultimately what this is about. It's about me. <laughs> and Dave is just uh, here for it. Um, that's that's along for the ride. That's it. Well, I said um, this is something that probably anyone could understand, this idea of 
wasting time or just that, you know, I committed so many years, months, days, whatever to this other person. And especially if it ends badly, there's that regret that almost that entire time period of your youth is tainted in some way. So the question is, since it's something that's easily identifiable to people, I guess, in general, does it do a good enough job with the songs, the production of it all? Is it cinematic enough? Do you think the songs add something that a normal, straightforward production wouldn't give it? All right. Well, I th- I think you've kind of hit on my big problem with this movie is that if you're going to make a musical, one, it's it's a hard sell for Hollywood anyway, especially if it's not a musical everybody knows, like something like Chicago that, you know, has a big following kind of going into to the film version. Whereas this is like, you know, I'm sure people who are really into musicals have heard of this, but that's kind of it. And there's only I would say there's only two, maybe three songs that are memorable enough and cinematic enough to really make this work. And I think two of them we've mentioned, you know, you mentioned kind of the, the beginning, uh, the beginning song with her and all this pain. And then we have the, the Yiddish inspired song. And like, I struggle to think of what the other songs were here. And I think they also don't do enough to, to kind of set this apart from being a, just filming a stage musical and kind of throwing it on the screen. There's not a lot of really cinematic moments, really things that they, they really kind of stretch the uses of the camera here. It's just kind of like, it just kind of lies there. And I think you need more excitement here, both in the music and in the filming of the music. What about you, Jacob? What did you think? I mean, I think you're right that there's a problem with the movie that Kathy, like she just doesn't, her, her career doesn't develop much and really even kind of her emotional Life doesn't necessarily too much like she starts the movie pretty much nuts about him and she ends the movie still in love with him and heartbroken that he's left, even though he's a dirtbag. Um, and the second time I watched the movie, I was like, well, I watched the movie the first time. And then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, man, Jamie is kind of a, a jerk. And then I watched the second movie. and I was like, man, I kind of hate this guy. So <laughs> I think that that's also sort of a problem for the movie. I wonder what's going to happen <laughs> the third or fourth time you break this. <laughs> cancel your netflix yeah. subscription just because it's hosting yeah. the last five years how oh, dare man. you <laughs> uh yeah so i've by this point i've kind of forgotten what the question was but uh i i did enjoy the movie i guess and um there's really the only time when they do something super cinematic that i remember is when she's in ohio and like they do she reenacts a little bit of uh, sound of music and then like gets chased off a hill by a bee or, or something. And there's, the, there's little clips of her with the snake and whatnot. Like, uh, and a lot of it is kind of just like you're in their apartment or you're at a party and they're all in kind of static, but um, I don't know. Worked for me. Worked for me too. Cause I, I enjoy good musical, you know, go see a show in Ohio. You do not, you do not <laughs> stop lying. One of us enjoys musical and it's not the country pumpkin. I, what I liked best about it, um, is I often think that the songs get in the way, even if it's, you know, originally conceived as a musical, I'm just like, man, you know, you have, you know, Anne Hathaway or whatever winning an Oscar. And I'm like, yeah, they're a great actor, but even without the music, they could probably act the hell out of the scene mm-hmm. and do the songs, add anything here. Uh, and I'm not picking on 
<laughs> Jeremy Jordan. I'm not going to do that like Dave. But I think do that <laughs> given the concept that we're distinctly like seeing this relationship from two different perspectives, the he said, she said style, that I actually like when you know one of them has broken out in a song, that it's like they're in their own head. They're, own, they're in their own world. And the other one is just a prop. And so I think that genuinely applies to their relationship here and how certainly Jamie feels about like, oh, I've got this great girl. Now what? Now I've sort of checked that box <laughs> off. And then the, you know, the right. now what leads to him saying like, why do I even have that? I don't, that doesn't you know do anything for me. There are other things I want to attain. So I think this, yeah. the musical aspect of it added a lot to this could have been, you know, it could have been a, like a Duplass indie romantic drama and it could have been fine that way. But I think it is more memorable with some of the songs. And Anna Kendrick is great. I'll say it, Dave. She's she is definitely yeah. the best part about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think uh, Duplass would be uh, would be better than this guy they got. He's closer closer to a movie star than this guy will ever be. So, well, uh, we have covered uh, Blue Jay on this podcast, and I don't yes. know if you'd want him singing. That's what I was saying. So, yeah, it would definitely right. could not fair. be a musical. It would have to be his version. So, fair um, enough. But by the time you're listening to this, uh, Jacob will have provided our end song, uh, his oh new version God. of the uh, the Grand Gesture, which will become our theme, the, the Jamie Dude number one letter. Um, so uh, you know, before we get to that, or as it's playing over this, our discussion, uh, Jacob, tell people once again where they can find you, your podcast, and your music. Sure. Um, so I have two websites. I have uh, My music is at music.jwgh.org. And then my main website is jacobhaller.com, which links to that and then to all my podcasts and all the other stuff I do. Um, I'm on Twitter at J-W-G-H-A-L-L-E-R if you want to yell at me for anything I've said here or uh, critique my lyrics for the song that apparently I've written. Um, Yeah, I think that more or less covers it. Uh, Thanks for having me on, guys. This is a lot of fun. (laughs) Sorry for the extra homework, uh, but this song is great. That's playing right now. It is. We love it's fantastic. It. My favorite song. It's making great. me cry right now. <laughs> I called Elise to help me pack my bags because I cannot pack my own luggage. It's not about another shrink. It's how I can't commit to you. I'm not the only one who's hurting here. It's also everyone I've ever met. You never wanted to just bask in my glory or accept my serial sexcapades and I could never rescue you you didn't really need it so I could only gaslight you it's really not my fault if you can't take my bullshit, well, guess I should go. I want to thank Jacob once again for guesting on the show and this song. 
you'd like to continue listening to the show, we are on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, followingfilms.com, and follow us on social media at Grand Gesture Pod. It's really not my fault. All I could do was love me. God, I'm brilliant, so. So goddamn smart. The next friend's in.